Welcome to TSO Consulting Group's DEI podcast series, Why Is It So Hard? Shining Through the Shadow of Resistance. I'm Dr. Tanya Breland. And I am Erica Lee. I'm Tanya Breland and I'm Erica Leek and this is our podcast why is it so hard shining through the shadows of resistance and as many of you know that have joined us before in our podcast series we really seek to discuss issues that prevent us from being socially just and free and the goal is to disrupt the status quo of racial inequality and inequity in systems, those things that are so entrenched that we don't even see them anymore. And so each episode will challenge us to be the change that we wanna see. It's not easy to disrupt the status quo in an institutionalized system of oppression and inequality, Mm -hmm. but we're gonna seek to do that. That's really gonna be our our goal. And so we are at uh, episode five, Part five yes, of part five. our DEI back to school series. And we've been taking a look at different strands of the uh, social justice standards from learningforjustice.org. Um, wonderful set of resources. And, this, and it's been really great conversations mm-hmm. around uh, social justice, like what does it look like and how can we achieve it and what things might we consider. So in our final episode, we are talking about action. Yes, we are. Act now or forever hold your peace. (laughs) Um, And what we want you to do, though, before we even start this conversation, we want you to send this out to your friends, especially your friends who are educators, whether they're educational leaders or they're actually in the classroom. This episode is also for them. And we would love to hear your feedback. We'd love to hear their feedback as you share um, in this conversation about action. Yes. Um, act now. Um, you know, you see these commercials like, you know, act now to da 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 blah blah, act now. So here we are talking about acting now, but we're really talking about helping students mm-hmm. to be empowered to act. Yeah. So let's look at these standards. So like standard 16, for example. Standard 16 is students will express empathy when people are excluded or mistreated because of their identities and concern when they themselves experience bias. Yes, yeah. I think it's easier for them to be concerned about themselves, Mm -hmm. but when we teach our students to have that empathy for one another, man, that is, that I think is powerful. Yeah, and and when we talk about disrupting the status quo, Mm -hmm. right, like that's a really good start because what they start to do is disrupt the previous sort of like, um, what's the opposite of um, apathy? They disrupt <laughs> the previous kind of apathetic culture of apathy yeah. and bystanderness, mm-hmm. right? They disrupt that by having empathy and showing concern for people who are excluded or mistreated. Right. That really is kind of almost at that basic unit. Like I feel something mm-hmm. around exclusion and what i think is is really key here here is the word express Mm -hmm. so they're not just noticing yeah the um 
you know, the, the exclusion or the mistreatment of, of groups of people based on their identity, they are expressing something with it. Like this is a problem yes. they're, they're, they're stating and yes. they're being empowered to do that because educators are giving them that space to be able to express, I don't like how my friends or my friend who, you know, might be autistic, for example, was not included in yeah. the, you know, the, the kickball tournament, mm -hmm. you know, or whatever. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm, I don't know exactly what it is. I don't like how, you know, this person was treated this way and we've got to do something about it. We cannot allow that. Um, I remember when my son was in fifth grade, he, uh, we, we, we were contacted to come up to the school to surprise him because he was being honored with like a citizenship award. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he didn't know. He like shows up there. He doesn't know why we're there. And he's like, you know, what's going on? You know, we're in the office. And he's being given this citizenship award because as a student, as a fifth grade student, he was one of the safeties. Remember the safeties mm -hmm. that used to wear I the, the safety patrol? I wasn't a part of that when I was a kid. <laughs> but anyway, he was. And But he was the kid that if he saw a child either being mistreated or isolated in some way, he would go over and mm -hmm. like spend time mm -hmm. with them, mm -hmm. talk to them. Like if they were on the playground all alone, he was the one that would go over and hang out with them and mm -hmm. play with them. If they were sitting at the lunch table by themselves, he would go and get like that was the mm -hmm. kind of kid he was mm -hmm. as as a fifth grade student. And the adults saw that and recognized that in mm -hmm. him. And what we need is a school full of, yes. you know, citizens right. who are able to see that their their classmates have been you know othered in some way or ostracized in some mm -hmm. way and they feel empowered to yeah. do something about it I think that's so important and I think that's so wonderful that he received that recognition because it because it sends a message that you know it matters when you when you step in yep yeah I yep. talk a lot about my experiences as a student but I, I can remember saying to a teacher you know, this person is, is, you know, was was unfairly treated, or they were picked on, and being told to mind my business. Mm. Like I can remember that, or I can remember words like tattletale. Like I can remember oh, that. Yeah. Don't be tattletale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can remember, you know, really being sort of rebuffed at the um, the notion of, you know, sticking up for somebody else. You know, this right. doesn't concern you. Like I, I can remember that kind of language, and I think when we reward kids and recognize kids that, you know, say like, this person was unfairly treated. And no, I wasn't the one that was unfairly treated, but this person was, and and that's not fair. And we need to do something about mm -hmm. it. I think we really sort of, you know, create these spaces where other kids see that, you know, um, it's okay to stick up for your friends or even stick up for somebody who may not be your friend, but you recognize the mistreatment. The injustice. Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. You know what I was, as you were talking about the teachers who would say, you know, mind your business basically, mm -hmm. or stop tattling. It, what's really sad about that is they're not teaching, they weren't teaching you empathy. They were teaching you to ignore it. Yes. They yes. were teaching you mm -hmm. that it wasn't important. That's right. They were teaching you that, that, you know, injustices are going to happen. That's right. Just let them be. This That's is right. what, you know, this is how, how society yep. is. Mm -hmm. Like what a horrible thing to teach a kid. I know. I know. But that was part mm -hmm. of the, you know, the culture. That's part of the culture. You know, if it doesn't concern you, Mind go back your to your seat, mind right. your business, you Ooh. know? Yes. And 
Right. I, and so now look at our society now. <laughs> because all the teachers that told the kids to mind their business That's right. and sit back down. And the good students that we are as humans, doing just that, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. You mm -hmm. know? But I think really getting kids into a place where they, you know, because it's, it is not natural to feel nothing when somebody, when someone else is hurting. Mm -hmm. Like the natural inclination is to want to do something, right? I mean, that's right. where we get, you know, empathy. I mean, that, that's a really natural human emotion. And to teach kids like how to act on that, I think is really, when we talk about disrupting the status quo, like that is where it starts. Yeah. Th that's, that's where we're disrupting mistreatment, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Like it's not okay. Mm -hmm. Last year, I had the opportunity to visit the, um, I was in Memphis, and I had the opp opportunity to visit the Civil Rights Museum. And while I was there, one of the exhibits um, showed how young children were who were part of the Civil Rights mm -hmm. Movement, and that they were, they were excused from school to go and march, wow. to go and, you know, um, act, uh, you know, against and basically, um, mm -hmm protest, mm -hmm. the mistreatment mm -hmm. of black people in, mm -hmm. in that day and time. Mm -hmm. And it reminds me of like number 17 of this particular standard that students will recognize their own responsibility to stand up to the exclusion, prejudice, and injustice. Mm -hmm. And so those children, they were young children, some as young as 10, 11 years old, you know, through teenage years, who were given permission by the adults to be responsible for and to stand up for those people who were being excluded. And in that case, it was them, you know, um, being prejudiced against where injustice was happening. Like these students were empowered mm -hmm. to not just recognize it, but to stand up and do something about it. And they saw it as a part of their responsibility. And that to me is like the key. That's what I think this standard gets to. I wholeheartedly agree, mm -hmm. right? So um, there is a quote, um, I think it's Alice Walker, that um, we are the change we've been, we are the ones we've been waiting for, mm. right? And so that quote says, it's our response, it's us, mm -hmm. right? It starts mm -hmm. with us. And so I think that's really what this gets to, it starts with us. Mm -hmm. So if you're not gonna, you know, stand up and, and, and be responsible for, you know, acting or standing up to prejudice, you know, who else is, right. you know, we are the ones we've been waiting for. And yeah. I think that really yeah. speaks to what that teaches kids to do. Yeah. 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 And I think that we, we have, as educators have a responsibility to teach children what standing up looks like, you know, what does it mean to stand up against an injustice? And we did have some really good examples of that you know, a few years ago after George Floyd was murdered and there were, were children in schools and their educators were actually empowering them mm -hmm. because they wanted to march. Mm -hmm. They wanted to rally against the injustice that they saw with um, policing and, um, you know, black people in particular or black and brown people. And their, their teachers were, were, were wonderful in empowering them and helping them to um, to use their voice as students and as children. Um, and I think that, you know, that was like a moment in time that was a really powerful moment because we saw groups of people coming together across racial lines, you know, across ethnic groups, across, across um, socioeconomic and even political 
views who were joining forces against an injustice mm -hmm. based upon what we were seeing happening in our country. And, you know, I feel as though we're kind of moving away from that again. Yeah. And yeah. like we don't have the same kind of momentum yep. that we had. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, I think that as educators, we have a responsibility to help our students take on the responsibility because this is part of citizenship, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, and we have the, mm -hmm. a constitutional right mm -hmm. to speak up against, you know, something that we feel might be unfair or, or unjust um, with groups of people. You know, I think that's so, you know, we, we talked earlier in an offline conversation and we talked about relevance. Mm -hmm. And I think this is really a part of the relevance of education. So, you know, when we think about the concepts that we teach kids, it's like, what are, why are we teaching them this concept? Right. Right. And so very often, um, particularly in spaces, I, I, I will say in, in all the subject areas, you know, there is something unjust happening mm. right in these areas and if we don't create spaces for kids to learn to just stand up for a friend or maybe somebody who's not a friend but in my class or in my in my school then we never get to the place where they can use the concepts right that we're teaching them to help other people like they right. ne they'll never they'll never see the connection between what I'm learning to know what I'm learning to do and how it might connect to the betterment of, mm -hmm. you know, my community mm -hmm. and even humanity. Mm -hmm. Like they never get to they never get to that place. And so I that's why I think that that whole piece about recognizing the responsibility, like you have a responsibility to use, you know, the um, to whom much is given, much is required, right? Absolutely. You have the responsibility to use what you've been given. Um, it, it is required of you, right? And I think this—that's—that's what this really sort of speaks to kids around, um, yeah. and, and and educators as well. Like mm -hmm. you have a responsibility too to do this. It's not fair to hold these kids up to a standard and you're not doing it right. on your own. And we see injustice. I don't know about you, but I saw injustice around my students. Mm -hmm. You know, had to go to bat for them a few times. Mm -hmm. Like that's not fair. You know, mm -hmm. with th this practice or around this group or whatever. And I think that that helps us to, to model mm -hmm. what we need to, to model for the students too. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And it, it kind of brings us to the next, um, the next uh, standard, number 18. Students will speak up with courage and respect when they or someone else has been hurt or wronged by a bias. So, you know, it's like we, we help them to recognize it and to take on the responsibility and now they speak up against it, yeah. you know, yeah. and that speaking up could be in the form of a rally. Mm -hmm. It could just be that they write a letter, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes mm -hmm. letter writing mm -hmm. campaigns are really mm -hmm. powerful yeah. to the powers that be. Yeah. So maybe it's to the superintendent, maybe it's to the board, you know, maybe it's to the mayor of the town if there's something happening in the town uh, or city where people are living, you know, or to, to any lawmaker, if you will. But helping students to feel that they have that voice yes. to speak up yes. and that they're going to be heard yes. and valued is really a powerful opportunity and lesson that we can um, create in the classrooms. Yeah, I think that's really good because, <clears throat> you know, once it happens in the classroom, so once I see that I have voice, mm -hmm. right, and once I learn what it looks like, so what does it look like to speak up with courage and respect, right? right. So we've seen kids like speak out but you know, um, you know, I will say, you know, having taught high schoolers, I've had kids speak out, but the method of the of the of the the message 
was like, oh my God, that's so disrespectful. Like I just felt, you know, it hurt my feelings, you know, mm -hmm. as a teacher, as a person. And so how do we teach kids? Like you can speak up, you can disagree with something and you can, and, and you're probably right about the unfairness, but how do we teach kids to sort of navigate so that they're heard? Because once the, me the method is like objectionable to whoever they're talking, like they can't hear the message mm -hmm. and we want them to be heard. Mm -hmm. So how do we do this with respect? And I think, how do we do it with courage and respect? Yeah. And that doesn't mean that you don't, <clears throat> that doesn't mean everything you say has to be taken, you know, uh, that you have to be in agreement with you know, whoever you think is causing this unfairness or this inju injustice, but we do want to them to, we do want to teach them to do it so that they are heard. Yes. Right. And sometimes it's done through, you know, avenues such as, you know, student unions, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. the affinity groups mm -hmm. um, where students ha are, are, are given an opportunity to have a voice. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And sometimes students will stand up uh, in, in a, um, in an officer position, like they'll, they'll run for office, in their school so that they can, you know, be the voice for those in, in their, you know, their constituency, if you will, sure. i.e. their classmates. Um, and, you know, sometimes student councils are really good for that. Um, sometimes, and I, and I think making sure that those student councils and those student governments have the, um, I don't wanna use the word permission, but they have the vehicle to share how students are feeling. So the injustices or the unfairness that they're experiencing or perceiving, I think is really, because sometimes like the student council is just like, well, you know, we want to go on a trip and it's like, okay, that's important, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But are there some other things that you've noticed that you might want to speak to the principal or the superintendent or even the mayor about, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. how can we create these avenues yep. For these student leaders to to speak up with courage and respect. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah no, that's really important. Mm -hmm. And I think also, you know, having um, an environment where, you know, it, it's this is what's encouraged. Yeah. So it's like you know, you you talked about the teacher saying, "Mind your business," mm -hmm. you know, or mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. like you know, this has nothing to do with you. Mm -hmm. So I don't know why you're making such a big deal mm -hmm. about this. Mm -hmm. That's not uncommon for for a teacher to like shush a child mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. who sees sees an injustice or sees something unfair yes. or sees something biased, yeah. um, and you know, kind of like don't get involved with that. That's not your business and whatever. And that that approach, unfortunately, does not empower the child, mm -hmm. you know, or children mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. be able to say, you know what, we don't like what we see, yeah. you know. Um, and I think also that homeschool partnership mm -hmm. can be really important mm -hmm. too, mm -hmm. where, you know, parents know, because kids sometimes will come home and tell their parents yeah. something. That's right. Um, and, you know, they may tell their parents, let me tell you what I saw today, mm -hmm. or let me tell you what I noticed, mm -hmm. or every time, like I remember when I was a, a principal and um, I had um, a long-term sub in a classroom and the students came to me and they said, this long-term sub is racist and here's why. Mm -hmm. And they lay out their story. Mm -hmm. Now I had relationship with my, with my students. I was visible. I was in the lunchroom with them. I was on the playground with them. I walked in and out of their classrooms. They saw me in the hallway. They saw me outside when they came, you know, came to school. They saw me when they were leaving. So I had relationship with the kids. So they felt safe enough as fifth 
graders, mm -hmm. you know, elementary students mm -hmm. to say, hey, Mrs. Breland, we need to talk to you. They came in my office, like a small group of them. They're like, we believe this teacher is racist wow. because of X, Y, Z. Wow. And it was unfair treatment that they saw happening towards the, some of the students of mm -hmm. color compared to th their, wow. um, their peers who weren't students of color. And so it prompted me. I, did, I didn't shush them. I didn't, you know, I didn't say, you know, I don't believe that. That's not true. I didn't do any of that. It prompted me to have to investigate what was going on in that classroom. Mm. And I confronted the teacher about, you know, what the students were, were sharing or whatever. In the end, we weren't able to keep that teacher. Um, and, and I don't remember the very specifics mm -hmm. of, of it, but I do remember that, that she wasn't there, wow. you know, um, much, too much longer after mm -hmm. that. And, mm -hmm. um, but the students felt heard. Yes. And that's the kind of environment and climate mm -hmm. and culture we want to create mm -hmm. for students, mm -hmm. where if they see an injustice and they come to the adults, the adults are now positioned to do something about that's it. Right. You know, so right. it's it's not enough for the kids to stand up and the adults, yeah. meaning the teachers and the leaders in the building, don't do anything That's about right. it. That's right. Because you send a message that this is not important or you send right. a message that you don't care. Or you That's send a right. message that we're, we're, this is allowable in our school. And it shouldn't be. That's right. So we've got to create an environment that's power that not only empowers kids, but we're going to do something about That's it. That's right. That's right. They have to have those vehicles, right? Um, that's such. That's great. Mm -hmm. Okay, Mrs. Breland, yeah, principal. Listen, those kids. I was really. I was surprised. Mm -hmm. I did want to like. Oh my goodness! I don't want to have to deal with it. But <laughs> but I was like, these kids came to me in faith, that's and right. they're trusting that I am going to do something that's because right. I have the position to do that's something. Right. That's and right. And let me let me look into this. What's going on here? You I know? think that speaks to number nineteen, the next um, standard. Students will make principled decisions mm -hmm. about when and how to take a stand against bias and injustice in their everyday lives and will do so despite negative peer or group pressure. That was a principled decision that they mm -hmm. made mm -hmm. literally to come to the principal. Like mm -hmm. that was that was a real because they didn't have to. They didn't. You know, I they imagine didn't. there were some white students as well as, you know, mm -hmm. and so, you know, they weren't being adversely affected, you know, mm -hmm. by this, this this racist teacher. But, you know, for them to come and that that's really awesome. It was. Yeah. It was really powerful and it was like, wow. Yeah. yeah. But we yeah. do have to create that environment. Yes. You know, and yes. we have to help kids know, like, you know, there is a time and an opportunity for you to be able to speak out against injustice mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. when you see that injustice taking yeah. place. And you, if we don't give them those tools, mm -hmm then when they see an injustice in society, they will just continue to allow it to happen. Yeah, because they won't know what to do. They won't know right? what to do. And How so, many teachers do we hear right now say to us when we come in, I, I, don't, I don't really know what to do. I don't know what to say. I, right. I don't have the language mm -hmm. and I don't know what to do. That's right, that's right. And so, and I think that's really <laughs> sort of at the crux of these standards. Right. Like, you know, we, we, we've, um, in previous episodes, we've taken a look at um, all of these different um, standards. And so I think it really gets to giving kids the language and the and the action. It, it really just provides, this is a toolkit, right. really, for, right. for action in the area of social justice. 
um, so that when they do become teachers or when they do become doctors, mm -hmm. you know, they can address health equity, they can address educational equity as an educator, you know, they can address um, inequity in law mm -hmm. and um, um, law enforcement. Mm -hmm. You know, they mm -hmm. can do these things right. Um, right. because they've gotten the toolkit as, as, as kids, kids, you know, yeah. and, and they've been reinforced, right. you know, their responsibility has been reinforced. Right. Um, but then and you're, I think also, that you're also creating students who are going to be conscientious mm -hmm. in society. Mm -hmm. And these are the students that are going to be change makers. Yes. Because they're not going to be, be bystanders right. that stand by That's and right. just allow things to happen. Like, That's right. I look at what's going on in our country, you know, a across the country in different states, and I feel like there are people who want to speak out against mm -hmm. what's happening, mm -hmm. but they don't feel empowered mm -hmm. and they don't know how. how? That's because right. they've never been taught how to do yeah. that. I was Great. talking to a woman who was sharing with me that um, that you know she was trying, and this was a white woman who she was trying to get her son to speak out against you know some some things, and he didn't feel empowered to do mm -hmm. that. He mm -hmm. believed that some mm -hmm. things were uh, were mm -hmm. not just mm -hmm. um, in society, but in, and in his you know or, or in the workplace or whatever. But he didn't feel like he had the um, the the wherewithal, the yeah. tools, the the ability to be able to speak out. And he was also concerned about losing social capital. Mm. You know, mm -hmm. like I don't mm -hmm. want people to be against me, yeah. you know, and 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 it speaks to, mm. you know, how society has created people who are who are paralyzed um by um fear yep. of of being retaliated mm -hmm. against if they mm -hmm. speak up against injustice. Yeah. You know, yeah. and it's like whoa, we've got to help students, number 20, plan and carry out a collective action against bias and injustice in the world. And we'll evaluate what strategies are most effective. So we can, if we can teach children how to plan, we can create a new generation and of people speaking out against injustice. You know, those elements of education, rigor, relevance, and engagement, that is all there, mm -hmm. right? And we think about, you know, um, and particularly relevance, you know, how do we make um, what we teach, the concepts and the skills, how do we make it relevant to, right. you know? And so when we think about marginalized communities and why they're marginalized or how they're marginalized, you know, um, and most of us have those communities, um, those student populations in our classrooms. So what are we educating kids to do? Are we educating them to go back into those systems that victimize and marginalize them and their families? Or are we educating them so that they will have the tools not just to navigate um, an oppressive system, but to change it and disrupt yeah. it, right? Yeah. What are we educating them to do? Yeah. And I think this really speaks that right to, there, yes, I think know? this speaks to our goal. Yes. Like our goal is to get kids to act, Yes. right? And yes. I think if we don't do that, then why are we here mm -hmm. as educators? Like, you know, what is our purpose? Mm -hmm. What is our role mm -hmm. in, in the maintenance of the status quo. And if we don't teach children how to act, they will turn into adults who don't act. That's it, that's right. You know, that's and right. they will continue right. to be bystanders as adults. They will continue to be bystanders, you know, in society and injustice will continue to happen. That's right. You know, and, and right. that that is the whole reason behind, and this is what I really respect about, 
these social justice standards in education. And just to do like a, you know, really quick recap, you know, in, the, in our last, mm -hmm. you know, four episodes, we really drilled down at looking at identity, yeah. you know, and helping students to understand and respect mm -hmm. student, mm -hmm. you know, each other's identity. We drilled down and talked about differences and the importance of, you know, living in a world of difference and understanding and embracing one another for those differences. Mm -hmm. Then we talked about, what was the next Justice. one? Justice. <laughs> Goodness, how do I forget that one? You know, uh -huh. understanding and being able to recognize injustice yeah. when yes. we see it. That's right. And now we're talking about taking action against injustice. That's right. So, you know, we encourage you to really, like, un like take some time. Because what's really good about these, and we, we actually have them in front of us, what's really good about these social justice standards, they not only walk you through these social justice standards, but they tell you, like, um, they break it down by grade level. Mm -hmm. So for example, for identity for a kindergartner, it's like I know and like who I am and I can talk about my family and myself and my na and name some of my group identities. Like that's when they're five years old. But mm -hmm. then you take it to the high school level, you know, ninth and 10th grade, you know, when it comes to action, let's, since we're on the action one, um, for action for, for a high schooler, I take responsibility for standing up to exclusion, prejudice and injustice. So these standards will break it down by grade level and they give you some anti-bias scenarios mm -hmm. that um, potentially could exist in any classroom in any school. So we encourage you to go to um, learningforjustice.org and to really read through and investigate and look at how can you embed and integrate these standards into your your core standards that you're using for your your language and you know for all your other subjects in school because I think that this if you incorporate this in and embed this in you can find that you're going to um, create some really responsible young people and citizens in our society. I really like that you mentioned like all the courses because very often we leave it to like maybe the English teacher mm -hmm. maybe the history teacher the social studies teacher and the fact that you can use this in, in any um, subject, I think, is is very important. Yes. This can be integrated in in um, all areas of the curriculum. So this has been a really great conversation. Um, the, the last four, this and, and, and the last three around the social justice standards, um, we really hope that you are able to um, use them. You should be able to access them at learningforjustice.org. Um, but we've really enjoyed this conversation. Yeah. And, Hope that you've taken away some, um, like a place to start. Um, share this with your with your colleagues um, or even with your PLCs, because these areas are they're not easy. We know, but we know that they're attainable, um, and we know that we have to do better. We do. We have to do better. Um, but let us know how it goes and uh, join the conversation. Yeah. So again, my name is Erica, and I'm Tanya, and thank you again for joining us.